this is Lavelle Miller here with the Wild World of Bell podcast. This one um, is just something that I feel like I need to speak on a little bit more. Something that uh, has been bothering me for a while. And it's more bothersome at this point more than than any other um, because it seems like it's not getting any better we ain't got no solution in sight and I believe that we have to do a lot better to help this out Um, and I'm talking about the the youth here in America and I'm not it's not just uh, saying oh it's you know black kids white kids Hispanic kids Asian kids no, I'm talking about the youth in America generally um, and how I believe we need to help them a lot more. Hope you enjoy the podcast and uh, if you have any more things on it, you know, like, comment, subscribe and um, or reach me on my social media platforms, 37 mode, the word 30, number 7 mode at Facebook, Twitter or Instagram. Uh, hope you guys like it. Thanks. This is a call to action to anybody that can hear this podcast, share this podcast, um, anything that you'd be willing to do, be grateful. Actually, it'd be even grateful if you would do this yourself. It's a call to action to help out these uh, this youth in America right now. The youth in America, and I'm not that old. I'm only 29 years old, but I don't remember. And even people talk about the social media age and how things are changing with the social media age. I'm not looking at that as the only excuse uh, for what things are happening or the cause or even why for a lot of things are happening Uh, because, you know, people in my age bracket, we grew up with the Internet. You know, we're the first group of people who started growing up with the Internet. People obviously before us um, may not fully understand or grasp a lot of these things that are going on or how to use some of the social media platforms to become famous and things like that but what I'm looking at it as in a whole different type of way is there's a lot of kids nowadays that need uh, mentorship they need to be led in the correct uh, way on how to do things and a lot of these kids man they're not getting the uh, they're not getting the want um as in want, I mean the attention that they're seeking uh, from a lot of people. It could be their parents, it could be friends, it could be, uh, you know, coworkers if these folks are working, you know, trying to get recognized at a job. They're not getting uh, that type of uh, reactions that they really want from these people. So what do they do? They end up acting out worse and worse and making situations a lot harder for themselves than they have to be. And in a certain situations, on top of that, they are now deciding to uh, do more reckless stuff than the people even before them, you know, um, and revolves of like gang violence or going to go shoot people or doing stuff like that, man, I work <coughs> where I work at, we get notified by the police department, uh, periodically on, um, actually it's not even periodically, it's, it's daily. We get notified daily on different things that are happening, uh, within uh, Nashville, within the community. And what's really crazy is we had 
this past week alone, there was, I would say, six kids that were arrested for bringing a gun to school. Six kids. You know what I'm saying? And I'm talking about these are ages. I think the youngest were 12 or 13 year olds bringing guns to school. You know, you know, what's that going on? And then, you know, they, uh, one in one of the cases, kids, it was like, oh, the gun was unloaded, but they had bullets in the bag. Like, who cares? You know what I'm saying? Who cares that the gun was unloaded because the kid had bullets anyway? And that's a problem. You know, it's like, where are they, one, where are they getting these, you know, but why is it so easy for these kids to access these guns? You know, some of them, uh, one of them, I believe I saw uh, when they got uh, taken, or I'm sorry, when they took the gun, the gun was lost in 2015. Lost. It wasn't reported stolen, it was reported lost. You know, why would you not? You know, and I understand you don't want to falsify reports and stuff like that. Why wouldn't you say your gun is stolen? Don't say, don't claim your gun your gun is lost. I know where I I'm a gun owner. I know where my gun is right now. And I could go I could go tell somebody, you know, not saying I would, but I could go tell somebody if I was fifty states away, obviously in the United States we only have fifty states. But if I was 50 states away, I could tell somebody how to exactly go get to my gun, how to exactly go get to my ammo, how to exactly go get to the magazine or the clip, rather. You know, why Why are people not being held accountable for this um, is besides me. So focusing back on these these young kids we have got to do better at trying to talk to these youths and figure out uh, what we can do to better help them so in my position I work in a library right currently at this time I work security there and we have a lot of teens who come into the area, younger children, things like that. When I see a group of teens or whatever, I tend to always try to talk to them. Hey, how you doing? Something small talk or whatever. Um, there was able to, uh, this, this one younger boy, um, I was able to talk to a lot. I found out a lot of things that he probably didn't tell a lot of people. Um, just because you know, a lot of people are embarrassed about a lot of stuff that's going on in their family life or whatever. And uh, I still converse with him now. He did, uh, fortunately, drop out of school. Um, but he is now going back to online school uh, to try to get his high school diploma. But, you know, I used to talk to him um, quite frequently. And then I was able to build this bond, um, especially because it's martial arts related or whatever that where he would talk and he would tell me things and things that are going on either with him at school or things that are happening to him with him uh, just periodically uh, in his life and then when you have somebody like that that 
okay, he's he cares about what's going on because he's asking me. It changes how they feel about themselves, how they view themselves. There are some other young boys um, that one of my coworkers who no longer works there. I mean, him were working on him. He ended up going out of his pocket, probably spent about four or five hundred dollars on these twin boys uh, because they were talking about how they didn't have new clothes, they didn't have a place to wash their clothes, they didn't, um, they weren't able to do a lot of things that you assume they would be able to do because they said they just didn't have the clothes to do, you know, uh, to do these things. You know, they was like, I'm just gonna have to be funky. They, they didn't have ways to take a bath or you know things like that right and these are all claims that they made i don't nobody knows if they're true or are they are they not but my co-worker was able to spend his money to go ahead and and uh and help out these youth as he seemed fit that he was able to do um because in, in conversation, and this is something else that's also important to sit there and think about. Think about how your conversations and impact help people. There was a point in time one day I was walking through that same area that a lot of the teens hang out at. And when I was walking through this area, one of the um, one of the uh, staff members ended up asking a teen how their day was going. And they was like, oh, my day sucked. And they said, you know, why did you make your day suck? And he said, oh, I found out that somebody said that they were going to pull a gun out on me um, the next the next day I went to school and then he was like for for what and he said they told him oh it's because they didn't like him or whatever and I was like are you serious he said yeah so I heard this information one of the members of the staff was able to give me his name and I was I called the school and made the school aware of the situation that was happening right that day in itself could have stopped an active shooter you know nobody knows if it did or didn't but I know that my actions yielded good results because I did what I was supposed to do and informed people of a possible situation that was going to occur way better than me just doing nothing with the information that was given to me and that's what a lot of information that when people are given to them that's what they actually choose to do it's terrible they choose not to say anything they choose just to act, eh, man, whatever. It's not me. I don't want really to care. You know. I, uh, I'm always looking, like, so, I wrestle to school. I, I do, uh, martial arts stuff now. Um, like I alluded to earlier. I'm always trying to figure out what is the best way for someone to um, 
how to how to reach more people, right? My one of my biggest passion was uh, becoming a wrestling coach, and you know I still may be one day. Um, and the reason why is number one, of course, I love wrestling. I wrestled in, like I said before, I wrestled in school. Wrestling to me was very fun. Uh, a nice activity for a lot of people to get into. Um, in regards to keeping you in shape, teaching you how to defend yourself, etc., cetera, etc. Cetera. But to reach these people who need to be reached, because if somebody doesn't have something to live for, that gives them that that many more things to die for. And you don't want to be, of course, morbid in any of these situations or conversations that you're having with people. But it's just a re- it's just a reality, right? If I don't have a reason, um, you know, if if it looks like to me that nobody cares, why should I care, right? And it sounds, you know, like I said, it's morbid. It sounds suicidal, but you know what happens when like because there's a difference in caring, right? There's a difference in caring when it's from a good place. It's from somebody who seems like they want me to do good. They're not going to let me fail. They're going to do everything they can to build me up, make me the best me I can be. And the person who's like, man, forget going to school. Let's go uh, smoke this weed or let's go do all this other stuff. And I ain't saying that here, here or there, people should do drugs and not do drugs or whatever. They can do whatever they want. But when you look at, okay, what do I need to do at whatever time? You know, that's when you got to put things in perspective. Maybe you did all your homework. Now you go smoke weed with your friends. If you're going to smoke, you're going to smoke anyway. So we're going to just keep it, keep it a buck and a half. If, you know, if you feel like it's time to go smoke, you'll go smoke. You know what I'm saying? If you feel like it's time for you to go do this versus that, that's what you're going to do. You know what I'm saying? So, um, but you got to have your priorities. But anyway, trying to get back on the track here with these kids and these young teens nowadays. So, how many teens, think about it yourself, right? How many of these teens can you reach out and make an impact on? Hey, you know, I'm saying teens, I'm a, it, it's, it's more than that. It really is more than that. Because it's also these younger adults that need your help as well. Because there are, it's way too many kids out here nowadays that, like I said, they don't. They they like they like leadership. Um, not necessarily leadership. They like people who actually care, and then they also get a lot of these false ideas in these in their head because of social media, um, which is you know studies have shown as social media has rise in popularity, popularity rather, as it's rise in popularity, so has. 
depression, anxiety, and all these other things. And as you mean, I'm talking to you on a podcast, which has obviously got some social media backing because I'm obviously going to share it on my pages and my profiles, right? So, when it comes down to it, what, you know, how how are, you know, why why do kids feel this way? Why do kids feel that they're displaced, like they're lost? Um, why their voices aren't being heard? Why they're, you know, doing this, why do that? Why are people treating them a certain type of way? You know, and keeping it real, this will happen when you get so much in your mind going about this, you end up losing your train of thought. There were some kids the other day from my profession that these kids got put out of the library and the first thing they did is pull the race card that, you know, adamantly kept saying, if we were white kids, we would have never got put out. We would have never got told that what we were doing were wrong. You know, this only happens to us because we are young black kids. And not getting into details about their situation. But I had to tell these kids. I was like, hey, just think about this. You are in this area claiming to do this. Right? And we'll just put it. Well, actually, I'll try to make it as vague as possible. But trying to give it information so it seems like you understand what I'm saying. If you guys go in a room and the room has four doors and you say that you, and then there's three of you guys, right? So painting the picture with the three individuals. So there's three of you individuals. You go into a room, the room has four doors. And that room that has four doors, two of you go into the doors, right? And, uh, and, uh, two of the four doors that are open in this room. Right, so now what does that mean? Math tells you that there's two doors open. So if you're sitting outside of one of the rooms, I mean, one of the doors, claiming that you need access into uh, access into one of those doors to handle your business, whatever you need to do, it doesn't look right when security walks by and notices that there's two doors open that you could easily go into bypassing the wait for you of going into one of the two doors that your other friends occupied, right? And like I said, I kept it very vague, so you may not fully understand with the room doors, all this other stuff. But anyway, I told him, I was like, look, in that room that you guys were in, we've been having a lot of issues, and so, when we see a place that has four doors, two people occupy two of the doors, and then there's still a door, and there's still two more doors open, and you're waiting on the outside of that door, claiming that you're waiting for entry to get in, and does it seem, does it seem uh, very plausible? And after I explained it to these kids a few times, they was like, nah, man, nah, y'all just trying to, and I said, dude, look at it again, right? I was like, I'm just trying to tell you, if there's 
if you're in a room with four doors and two of your friends go into a room or go into two of the doors and they're still too open and then you're claiming you can't do what you have to do today get out why you know if you could explain to us why it would make a little bit more sense right and he was like, okay, I understand. And then it got to the point where he was like, okay, I really understand what you're saying now. But I really feel that if we were white, we wouldn't get treated by the way. He said, that old white guy is the reason why we're getting treated the way we are. And I was like, that old white guy? I said, what? I said, what do you know about him besides that he's old and white? He was like, that's all I need to know. I was like, so you don't need to know that he is married to a minority and they have children, and they've been together with them for upwards of 20-something years. Now, I said, that's obviously that's saying that people can't be uh, racist or discriminatory against other groups. But I was like, do you, do you believe that he really is? You know, is that how he actually, uh, how he actually feels? You know what I'm saying? Uh, and he was like well no I didn't know that about him I said not that that even matters you know why you know why are you out here claiming that he is doing something to you because of what I said it's because of something that you got to react with in the past and he was like well yeah because that's how a lot of black kids are treated and I'm like a lot of black kids are being treated. I said, what about you? Are you being treated this way? Who are you getting treated this way by? Or is this what's happened to your friends? You know, and, you know, he ended up, after we got through like talking pretty good, he was like, damn, man, okay, I understand. And I was like, dude, look, you come back here tomorrow. You come back here next week. I was like... We ain't gonna say nothing to you. You handle your business. You do whatever you gotta do. But I was like, you have to realize, man, yelling, screaming, cussing, ranting, raving, they don't help nobody. And it don't help you in this situation. And so, you know, he felt, like I said, he felt good after our conversation. He walked off. And you know, I felt good that I gave him, you know, positive, a positive conversation to a situation that seemed that was uh, not dire, but a, a conversation that was definitely going a different way. And it's all based off of a situation that he could have had himself personally, a situation that he based off his friends, right? And so now his interaction, especially with me as a person of... Uh, of enforcement rather so this is my call to action to all of you all out there listening um, however you're able to uh, interact with the youth in this world and you know of course most of it most of the case it will be the impoverished youth that need your help more than anything else right but it's not impoverished you 
are not the only youth who have issues and problems and concerns that need to be heard. We have to do more to help our youth, right? And we can look at it as a issue that happened with some of our parents. And it's not a problem. It's a good thing that it was able to happen. But it's been able to overcome uh, what we've been actually looking forward. Um, not looking forward, but how we're being raised in general. <clears throat> and that's, you know think about it like this we grew up like I said before we grew up in a technological age and so we always had resources to be used to be able to help us one learn a little bit better and two distract us from our parents um and people are like, what do you mean distractions from our parents? Think about it, man. When you had the game system at the house, you had the Game Boy, which is some of y'all, you know, depending on your age listeners, you're like, man, what the hell is a Game Boy? But we had the Game Boy, the PSP, you know, this is all before the tablets and all that junk came out. Um, Nintendo, Xbox, whatever. You were able to just go to your room you know, or if you had, you know, the Game Boy, you had all the batteries, walk around the town and play the Game Boy and never have to worry about your parents. And your parents, most of the time, especially when you had the games, they just know you're doing that, you know. And I, I find myself guilty of it now. You know, my son will ask me to do something. I could be doing some homework. I could be uh, in deep thought about something or whatever. Or my, my wife could be cleaning in the house or whatever. And then we all would end up yelling, you know. Well, see, my daughter said it doesn't work so as well because they like to color and draw and do all that other stuff. But with my son, I was like, man, boy, go play your game or something. And he'll go leave. And then he won't ask. Like, he will not return until he's hungry. He'll For real. He'll sit there and play his game for two or three hours straight and will not come out of his room until he's hungry. You know, and in that way, in that fashion, depending on how you're looking at it, is man, you got the game system raising your kids. Now, yeah, is it making them smarter? Yeah, because he all the games he got he getting to play, they're not easy. You know, they have some challenges on there. They're a little bit difficult. He has to learn how to hold the controller a certain way and do this and do that or whatever. You know, it's a little difficult, but he's able to do these things and so like I said it's good okay yeah Lavelle can do this and that is my son's name that's not just me just saying my name Lavelle can do this and uh, you know he's getting better at it it's great that's good but at the same time he, he gotta start doing other stuff I can't just sit there and just keep letting him play the game all the time it's the same thing for a lot of folks we gotta stop letting these kids being raised off the game you know, there's folks out here who are, you know, like right at the tail. No, not right at the tail end, but at the beginning of the millennial. Like, but they're not millennials because they're in their, you know, 40s, like early 40s or whatever. So they're just that that uh, previous generation. And 
they grew up on playing games too a little bit. Like when they was getting their teenage years, that's when their games started coming out. So they started playing games. So they played games all the way through up. That's the youth that we're dealing with now is, you know, the people who are in their 40s that have teenagers, you know, that grew up with these kids being able to play the game because, like like you said, you know, it's a different time and era when money and stuff was being involved and folks were able to go on these long family vacations. Only one member of the family worked. There wasn't two members of the family that figured they had to um, work together to bring in income to be able to help with anything. That wasn't the case. It was all uh, mainly dependent on one source of income. You was able to go do whatever you had to do and you didn't have any issues. You didn't have any qualm problems or any of that stuff. And because of that, like I said, now look at the kids you have behind them with being a millennial, especially like even if I'm not obviously not an elder statesman, I fall in the middle of it. We grew up not having certain things and then they came, but we still was like, okay, I'm going to do this, but I'm going to do this too. Now we can figure out, we can just have the kids just do one thing. If we just go play Xbox, boom, they gone. They just playing Xbox, you know, go grab your iPad. Boom. They going to grab their iPad. And all they doing is playing their iPad. We got to change that. We got to, we have to start going out here and talking to a lot of these youths and trying to figure out what is making them react a certain type of way. And when is it not? Um, eventually I'm going to have somebody on here that can bounce ideas with me off my head in regards of youth sports. Um, I hate, uh, the art of practice trophies. I wrote a, I wrote many of papers, um, on that hate of practice trophies, not practice trophies. I'm sorry. It's getting laid out here. Um, as I'm doing this one, but participation trophies, I hate that. I hate the whole idea of it. And the reason why is like I said, it's teaching people at a young age. As long as you participate, you're going to get something in life. And that's not right. You know, the same thing with schools. Like I said, I don't get off track a little bit here, but I'm going to write the ship with younger teams not counting scores, letting kids go out there and play. The kids know. They ain't dumb. They're doing this. So you're setting them up for failure when later on in life, the same situations come up. And they're used to so much, I'm getting my way, I'm getting my way, I'm getting my way, and it's not happening. So, yes, call to action, man. We got to come back and take our youth. Uh, it really depends on who who you're around, how you can help um, talk to them and figure out what's going on. And, you know, if you are in a position where you work, where you can interact with some of these youth, man, Go ahead and talk to some of them. See what's going on. Go and see what's joking with them or whatever. Um, especially if you're in a position like me where, like I said, I do security. I worked in law enforcement before. Um, I have studied um, this field as well. So when you have a lot of people who want to come to you and talk to you, you know, go ahead. Go ahead and do that. And, you know, as a matter of fact... Like I said, I know I've been rambling here, and if I recover this, that's fine. You know, like I was told also the other day that we had some children that are scared of us. 
um, in the building. And I was like, what do you mean they're scared of us? And they said every time they see us, they run and hide because they were taught police were bad. My wife and I had this conversation last night, as a matter of fact, or this earlier this morning, one of the two. And she told me that her, not her, our daughters said that they believed because of the daycare facility that they were going to, that all police were bad. The security was bad. Every time that police officer got right behind them, they freaked out immediately. They always thought, why is, why is the police behind us? What are the police going to get us? And that's because the kids that they were going to school with were telling them that it's bad. Why are we telling the, the, these kids these things? Why are we trying to go ahead and put in their head being a police officer is bad? That they're only bad people, right? The people who have the shares, like there's tons of people who should have their 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 videos out there shared with these good activities, um, like there's this one police officer who's in Columbus, Ohio, um, that I stumbled across today. He's been having push-up competitions with these kids. He's been having them uh, come out here and race police officers and stuff like that with these kids. Man, it builds a bond. It lets these kids know that these police officers, they ain't out here just trying to enforce the law. They're out here to build relationships within these communities and things like that because it makes an impression on the kid that was focused on the video um, that, that was the mainstay. It makes it look good for him because later he may decide to be a police officer or later a situation may come up and then he needs them. And he knows he can go to them and talk to them because they built this rapport. Not like it's not just an officer coming to the house. It's also like whenever that officer's involved with doing the things with him when this kid gets older or not even old, just older. But if they go to his scene, they'd be like, hey, man, officer such and such is a cool dude, man. He's not going to screw you over. He's going to do what his job is and do whatever it is to take to get it done. Right. That's things we have to focus on with the youth of today. We need to focus on how to build these fractured relationships that they have and involve in law enforcement. Like I said, it doesn't matter. They're black, white, Asian, whatever. How to build these relationships with law enforcement in a better path. And we also need to focus on um, just in general, making sure that these kids know that somebody is willing to talk to them about their issues and problems and try to put them on the right path. I don't think there's a lot of people that are doing that now uh, because we want to make fun of them for eating Tide Pods and snorting condoms and all that other dumb stuff that people were doing. Don't you forget, we did dumb stuff then too, right? We all did. And like I said, I know I'm not that much older than this group that I'm talking about, but we need to make sure that we're talking to these people in a positive light, figuring out stuff that's going on with them, uh, try to prevent them from going into these systems. There's these school systems out here that are set up to bring kids from school to jail based off of the treatment and how did I provide the things in the area. It's a real thing. You can go ahead and look it up if you want to. Recidivism rates in these areas is ridiculous. So anyway, the pod is longer than what I plan on to, but it's a, it's a, yes, this is a rant pretty much, but think about it. That's what all I want you to do. Think about it. What are you doing 
to help the youth in your area? How can you increase the amount of help that you're giving to the youth in the area if you um if there's nothing going on and how to help these fractured relationships in regarding law enforcement and the youth right reach them before they get lost like some of their adult counterparts thank you for listening to this this is how you become legendary and greatness is earned